0: This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be gonna get their attention.
1: You bought Facebook stock on the back of this drop. How much did you buy and
0: why? Uh, I bought a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of shares. I'm, I bought some more this morning. Uh, because I'm a long-term believer in the stock, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of moments over the next three to four years uh, outside of macroeconomics that I'm going to be able to take advantage of it. Uh, you know, I'm I don't tend to buy a lot of publicly traded stocks. My original Facebook came pre-IPO, but. When it got hit when all the Cambridge Analytica stuff happened and Mark was on a trial, I, I bought a ton. Uh, and then obviously off the, this missing numbers or news, uh, recently I've been buying up a little bit more. Mainly because I think in the next four, seven, nine, thirteen, twenty-six 13, 26 years, it's a good buy.
1: So, it's interesting that, and that is a big bet. Roger McNamee, early Facebook investor who I'm sure you know has been out there very publicly critical of Facebook, he compared Facebook to Philip Morris to me in terms of <laughs> Facebook's negative impact on the world. What about concerns about fake news? What about online hate? What about concerns about our privacy?
0: I, I think there is a stunning non conversation about uh, taking on some sense of responsibility, meaning, Sure, but choosing CNN or Fox or MSNBC has as many dynamics as what you're seeing in your feed and then more importantly what you're choosing to uh, consume as real. I mean, to me the thought that Facebook is any different than Twitter or Instagram, which obviously they own, or websites or you know, a million different ways we consume is, is kind of laughable and silly. I mean, Visa and Target and the American government itself has had breaches of information far more dramatic. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, I understand the concept, uh, but I think making, you know, Making a jump from Philip Morris, which systematically spent lobbying dollars and, and tried to pay off politicians for four to five decades to suppress information, is an awfully big jump by that person.
1: Okay, but what about profitability versus privacy? Will one always trump the, the other? And can we actually trust Facebook?
0: I mean, tr- you know, I-, I-, I have no problem trusting Facebook any more than I trust any other company on Earth. Uh, profitability and privacy is kind of funny to me, we choose to do convenience over profitability every day of the week and privacy. I mean the way we pick privacy uh, on a pedestal is almost non-existent in our actions. Every person watching this right now gives up privacy every day for convenience and speed and so whether it's gonna be Amazon or Google or Apple or Facebook or any of these companies that sit as a layer on top of the internet, we have shown through our actions over the last 30 years uh, and, and and continue to with the usage of Instagram and others. I love all the people protesting Facebook on Instagram. We prove as humans all the time how we think about privacy, which is we love to talk about it, but we don't fear it as much because the underlining issue is the amount of bad things that happen to the health and well-being of our family or having our money stolen is extremely far and few between.
1: What about The forces that may be bigger than us, the fact that Russia tried to hack our elections using Facebook, and that there's evidence that they're doing it again to sow discord. Has Facebook done enough to prevent itself from being weaponized?
0: Facebook, I mean, look, Facebook, this network, Fox, CNN, Twitter, it's all the same game where I think about it from a macro, which is we make decisions, Facebook or the Russians didn't make us pull for Trump or Hillary. And so I think that the information that people are buying ads and running them in our streams is very interesting because if you look at the execution of people that run political ads, the cost of penetrating somebody with a different opinion versus one that already reinforces your stance is where this starts getting far more interesting. You know, I I think this is one of the great examples in human time of us not interested in accountability. Facebook didn't make you a racist, you made yourself a racist.
1: So let's talk about Twitter because you know you use Twitter a lot. We saw the same huge dip on the back of Twitter earnings and it's it's very clear that Twitter it's just not in a high-growth state. They've hit a plateau. In fact, they actually lost users over the last quarter. The influence is there. The president of the United States is using it as his megaphone, but it's it's not the next Facebook.
0: Yeah. No, but it was never the next Facebook. And, like, you know, the truth is Facebook is all-encompassing, right, with Instagram and who knows what Mark and Cheryl and the team is up to on their next M&A or innovation. You got WhatsApp. Yes, it is not the next Facebook. I assume it's not priced on Wall Street in the same manner. I will say this. If you look very closely to Moon Pie, which is a small a snack brand, if you look at what Wendy's is doing, I will say that the business world is starting to understand how to use Facebook to drive business. Uh, we're working with Kraft Heinz on Miracle Whip. It stuns me how much Facebook, excuse me, Twitter is the backbone of driving sales at Albertsons and Walmart. So I will say that maybe the, the width of attention on Twitter is not growing to a stock market's want and needs, but the depth of attention in the platform and the ways to maneuver in it and its ad product. I've been, over the last three to four years, quite critical and not excited about Twitter uh, publicly, but I no question have seen over the last six to 12 months uh, a resurgence different than, let's say, the Trump effect of just how much Attention is in the platform, and when you have attention, I think you have the ultimate currency. You know, to me, it'll be interesting to see what they do with their OTT. I think they should play in that space. I think they were flirting with that a year or two ago. Again, you know, I don't know how earnings are done or how much the street values things, but I will say depth, maybe not width, is uh, emerging on Twitter.
1: The top five companies by market cap are Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft. In 2007, just before the financial crisis, one of them was a tech company, and that was Microsoft. Is the market putting too many eggs in the tech basket?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, honestly, and I want to be very fair for the audience. I think about things in such long term, like the thought of me understanding the short term economics of 90 day terms and numbers that most of the viewers here play on and the arbitrary nature and just the fact that we're playing financial engineering not actually building businesses. In the macro, of course not. We're not going backwards. Tech companies will continue to gain momentum. Let me pull it out right here. This is where we actually live, not here. And so in the super long term, no. Uh, In the short term, I have no sense if the market has overpriced these companies based on what the numbers that they can hit over the next 90 days, but like people aren't gonna be watching ABC and NBC over Netflix, right? People are not gonna be consuming newspapers over Facebook. Like, that is only gonna, we're just starting in that world. Short-term economics and the way the street likes to play, that's up to all of you guys, but the danger in a five, 10, 15 year macro, I don't see it, because, you know, the reality is we're only heading in one direction which is technology doesn't care about our feelings or our short-term judgment or wall street it just continues to advance and humans are engaging deeper and deeper and deeper and will continue to in perpetuity
1: let's talk about the long term when it comes to apple and Netflix, you played a role on an Apple original yes. show. Um, that show, unfortunately, didn't last that long. Nope. Last that long. Certainly not because of you. Um, Thank But you. Apple is, 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 is you know, doing this original content grand experiment. Do you think that they can succeed where Netflix has um, when they haven't shown an ability to do so thus far?
0: I think the sheer amount of money that I'm hearing they're throwing at it makes me optimistic. You know, I spend a lot, I try to spend a good amount of time in Hollywood and Silicon Valley and Madison Avenue. You get a real sense and I think the sense, if you talk to any of your Hollywood friends, production and agents and things of that nature is everybody understands that it's an Amazon, Apple, uh, Netflix, Hulu and who's the next OTT, Facebook kind of world that the networks are in deep, deep trouble and, and even the cable providers and even with mergers, Uh, the sheer dollars that these uh, internet companies are going to throw at content. The NFL rights it's going to be an Amazon, Google, Facebook, Apple world in, in kind of fighting for that. And so, yeah, I would say yes. I mean, I think that programming, the IP is what actually matters in the end. And when Apple, not if, has its Breaking Bad or Orange is the New Black or NFL, that it will suck people in because of the IP, in the same way that so many more people watch Hulu and Amazon than I think a lot of people thought they would 24 months ago, predicated on just one hit.
1: You talk about, uh, I know you you say you're not an expert on short-term market dynamics, but we're all watching Apple and Amazon in this race to a trillion dollars, Amazon sort of coming from behind. In the big picture, do you see more potential in one company or the other?
0: Oh, in, in a substantial way. I think the delta between Jeff Bezos and Tim Cook as a 2018 CEO is unbelievably substantial. And I, I would bet every day of the week on Amazon. Why? Because I think Jeff has just shown so much more ability to navigate the end consumer's attention, which I think is the ultimate value in society. Uh, I think that Tim... A, is an incredible guy, and I like a lot of the things he as a human and the company is trying to push to stand for, but I, you know, I don't know, he's been the CEO now, what, seven, eight years? I'm not sure you can help me with this, but, I mean, what, EarPods? Like, you know, I've not seen Apple win in voice the way they should have with the lead they had with Siri. Uh, The HomePod's still not out there. We've not seen them win an original program. It's now been 24 to 36 months that that cat's been out of the bag. There's been no hardware innovation outside the EarPods that has any blip of anything. And all they've really done is slowly just advance things that have been in place prior. And so I just, you know, At least the way I think about the world. I don't look at it, the numbers and the ways in the short term and maximizing profit every 90 days the way everybody who watches this does. In the long term, what it means for consumers, uh, Amazon, through a magnitude of things, has done a far better job of mattering to the end consumer and continues to gain leverage.
1: You mentioned the networks are in trouble. Have to ask about CBS, Mm. which is currently deciding the fate of Les Moonves after these accusations from Mm -hmm. a New Yorker article about... Crossing a line with women.
0: Should he stay or go? Well, if he's guilty, he should go.
1: Even after such a long and successful track record?
0: Doing the wrong thing is always the wrong thing, Emily. Like, you're only as good as your last at-bat or the truth, right? We now don't look at Christopher Columbus the same way we used to after we looked carefully in all the things he did. Um, And so... Of course, I mean, you know, I'm very aware and listen, I love winning in business too and everybody who's watching does, but if you're a human being that's willing to look the other way for money, you're not a good human being.
1: So Gary, you've launched a new media men's lifestyle brand focused on the intersection of entrepreneurship and pop culture. You say there's not going to be any walls, there are no walls between editorial and advertising. What's the vision here?
0: So, uh, eighteen months ago, I bought PureWow.com. I have VaynerMedia, the holding company's is VaynerX. VaynerMedia is the agency, Madison Avenue, Mad Men, uh, PureWow, and uh, one thirty seven PM is the publishing side, the Conde, the Hearst side of things. Um, to me, you know. If you really look at what the BuzzFeeds and the Vices and the Refinery29s did a half decade ago is they kind of created Publishing 2.0 where they started to do creative work for clients instead of just buying commercials on TV networks or in magazines. The branded content world started to emerge and you saw those crazy valuations for a lot of those companies. I think the continued evolution of making content and getting people to see it contextual that brings the Procter & Gamble's and the Coca-Cola's value is what's going to happen in publishing. And we continue to try to innovate on creating original videos and apps and, and event marketing, things to help clients sell beer and makeup and deodorant.
1: OK, last question. How are all of these you know, dynamics that we're seeing in social media companies impacting your investment strategies? What is hot right now and what is not?
0: I mean look, I, you know, a couple ways to look at this. For me, it, this is just real life, Facebook and, and Amazon are the two stocks all in that I believe in, in a five to 10 year macro. As long as Mark and Jeff are running those companies, I'm blindly in belief of how they'll innovate around voice, AR, you know, machine learning. They just are CEOs that are willing to hurt their short-term economics to do the long-term equity for having legacy over short-term profit. I think the most interesting thing for kind of this audience and your show and what I grew up with in the mid-2000s on Web 2.0 and social media is, is there room for a Musical.ly or a Snapchat? You know, where is this next social network? And... Are people scared to do it because they're scared to be a feature and Instagram and Facebook, Twitter will copy it and slow its growth like we saw with Snapchat? I'm most fascinated. Will there be another social network on mobile devices? My assumption's yes, but how? And then more importantly, my investment strategy is massively be af- being affected by one core thing. I believe voice devices are the next iPhone and the apps built on top of the Google Home, Amazon, Alexa, and Apple Pod are gonna be the place where I come out of retirement and do early stage investing the way I did with Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr guys thanks so much for listening to the audio experience it would mean the world and i mean the world if you could go and leave a rating on itunes your word of mouth is my oxygen